Hey, welcome to Grace Church Online. My name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really excited to be uh, sharing this message with you today as we continue our series, A New Us. You know, I'm not originally from San Diego. I was actually born and raised in the Los Angeles area. Um, I don't know about you, but let us know. Let us know in the comments where you're from, uh, originally where you were born, and let us know where you're watching from. We've got our team online. They want to be able to connect with you, but I will never forget the day that my wife and I moved from Los Angeles to San Diego because it was one of the worst days ever. Uh, we ended up getting the truck a little bit late, didn't check the traffic when we came down. I was in the big U-Haul truck by myself. My wife was in our car. We only had one car at the time and it was just her and our dog Nacho. And, and at, on our way down, there was traffic on one of the freeways and we didn't know why. There ended up being this big detour and we ended up having to take side roads all the way down. What was normally supposed to be a two and a half hour trip took us like almost six hours. And I remember very distinctly how awful it was because it was the middle of summer. And when I went to go pick up the U-Haul truck, they said, hey, we've got one with no air conditioning and it's like 30 bucks cheaper. Are you willing to take that? And I'm like, sure, I'll save 30 bucks. So I ended up getting this U-Haul truck sitting in traffic uh, in the middle of summer, just dying, sweating, just awful, awful. By the time we got to our, our new place, our apartment down over in La Mesa, uh, we show up, we go to the manager's office, we're just ready for the day to be over. We knock on the door, the manager's not there. So we have to hang out and wait around for a little while for the manager to come and, and she finally shows up and, and she doesn't have the keys to our apartment because she wasn't expecting us. So then we had to wait even longer for the maintenance guy to, to go get the keys made and do this whole thing. It ended up just being a really awful day. We learned a lot that day, moving cities. Uh, we learned a lot of things the hard way that day. And I'm sure you've learned something the hard way. Whether it's been a, a bad investment, maybe you took a job that, that ended up to not pan out to be what it was supposed to be. I'm sure that we've all learned something the hard way. What about a relationship? Now, not necessarily just a romantic one, but, but relationships with friends or families or, or, or coworkers or, or maybe even just acquaintances or, or just a simple interaction. Maybe somebody said something to, to offend you, hurt your feelings, or maybe you stuck your foot in your mouth. See, we've all learned some difficult things over the years. See, and in 2020, we may all be feeling like the only thing that we're learning about relationships and our interaction with other people is that everybody's got an opinion and that we ourselves can't necessarily have an opinion. Because if we do express that opinion, we're going to offend somebody or we're going to frustrate somebody or we're going to face opposition. See, it may feel like there's division around every corner. It may feel like there's been a line that's drawn in the sand and you have to pick a side. Because if you share your opinion, as I said before, you're going to get pushback. But if you don't share your opinion, your silence may even be speaking louder than your words ever could in some people's opinion. You see, tensions are high today. Tensions are high throughout our relationships, throughout our city and our culture. And in this series, A New Us, we are redefining some common words that we all use every day. And we're allowing God to reshape who we are, our hearts, and our relationships. You see, for today's purposes, we're going to be looking at the word learning. And the definition that I want us to use today is this. Learning is the ability to obtain relevant information about, from, and with 
others. Now you're gonna hear me repeat that definition a lot, but that's because I want you to really understand what we're talking about here when we say learning. You see, I believe that if we take this humble approach that we're gonna look at today, when it comes to learning, I believe that it can, it can maybe ease some of the tensions that we're dealing with. Now again, this isn't, this isn't a magic potion, this isn't a, a silver bullet, but it's one thing that we can continue to use that I believe will help ease the tension. You see, imagine with me for a second if you would have taken the time to learn about your uncle's perspective on politics before you asked him who he was going to vote for and it turned into an argument. Now imagine with me for a second if you would have taken the time to learn your coworker's perspective before you shared your opinion on Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or, or Make America Great Again or Kanye 2020 or Wear a Mask, Don't Wear a Mask. Imagine if you would have taken the time to learn about the health challenges that one of your friends was dealing with before you made fun of them for being a rule follower and sanitizing every five seconds and always wearing a mask. You see, if we don't put in the time to learn about others and potentially opposing views, what we can do is we can ultimately end up uh, causing unrepairable damage to those relationships. You see, the Apostle Paul he was somebody who knew what it meant to have to learn. You see, a lot of you may know this, but some of you may not. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson here on Paul. Before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he persecuted Christians. He would arrest them, he would uh, put them in jail, and he would order them to be killed. As Brooke shared last week, Saul has this, this crazy conversion experience where he has this interaction with Jesus and God just reshapes who Saul is to the point of changing his name to Paul. About nine years after that, he starts going out on these missionary journeys where he's sharing the gospel of Jesus with different cultures in different cities. On one of those missionary journeys, he goes to the city called Philippi. And there he, he meets people, builds relationship, builds relationships and ends up starting the church there. A couple of years later, we see that Paul is in prison in Rome. And the Philippian church, they hear about this and they, they send him a gift basket. They send him a little bit of money. They send him some provisions. And Paul writes a thank you letter to the Philippian church. But in typical Paul fashion, he utilizes the writings to encourage them and to express other things. And this is the book of Philippians that we have in the Bible. You see, there's this theme that runs through the book of Philippians. Paul ends up encouraging the, the, the church at Philippi. He says, you know, your life is a reflection of Jesus's work. And, and as he continues to write this letter, he starts to point to his own life. And he says, look at me. He says, I have not always lived this way. You know about my past, but now I've been changed. I've been transformed and reshaped. And now I love and I serve unconditionally because that's what God has called us to do. So toward the end of the letter, Paul starts to point to his own life. And he says, look, I haven't always lived this way, but now that I've learned, I now sacrificially love and serve others the way that God has called us to. And as we jump into chapter four of Philippians, he starts to encourage the church there and challenge them on how to live. And this is what he says in Philippians four, uh, verse nine. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
That's a loaded statement. He says, what you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me, practice these things. And what? And the God of peace will be with you. See, this is loaded because what Paul is saying here is Paul is saying, look back at my life. Look at all the things that I have done. Look at the way that I have have learned and changed and been transformed by the power of God. Look at me as an example and practice these things that you have seen. You see, out of love and concern for the Philippian church, Paul is calling them to look at his life as an example of what it means to love God, to love others, what it means to, to be an example, to consistently grow and be stretched and to learn. But Paul makes it very clear, though, throughout his entire ministry, he might be saying here, look at me as as an example, but he's pointing to Jesus as the model. He makes it very clear. He writes in another letter to a different church, the church in Corinth. He says this, he says, to the Jews, I am a Jew, and to the Gentiles, I am a Gentile. You see, Paul had to learn what it meant to love people cross-culturally because the Jews and the Gentiles were two polar opposites. And he says that there's a reason for that. And this is what he says right after he says, to the Jew, I am a Jew. And to the Gentile, I am a Gentile. He says, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. You see, Paul wasn't watering down the gospel. Paul was doing this for the sake of the gospel. He knew that he had to learn and adapt to other cultures for a bigger purpose. And that purpose was the sake of the gospel. And he's encouraging the Philippian church here to do the same thing. He's encouraging them to look at his example. I want to call us, Grace Church, to be people who humbly learn about others with the goal of the gospel in mind, with the goal of loving others right where they are at. So I want us to spend the next few minutes breaking down this definition that I gave you earlier about learning. Let's go ahead and look at it again. For today's purposes in our conversation, the definition of learning we are looking at is this. It's the ability to obtain relevant information about, from, and with others. Now notice we use the word ability there. The reason why we use the word ability is because this is a skill that you can practice and become proficient in. So let's break this down. If we're going to be learning, we're going to be gaining the ability to obtain relevant information about others. Proverbs 23, 12, this is what it says. It says, apply your hearts to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. You see, when we learn about others, other cultures, other viewpoints, other perspectives, this is informative. We're generating knowledge and generating information. And what that information and knowledge is supposed to do is it's supposed to help us set a very realistic expectation or mindset about a situation or an individual or a different political view. But sometimes that's what happens. You see, when my wife and I moved down here to La Mesa, we ended up finding our apartment uh, online. We looked at their website and they had all these beautiful pictures of palm trees and the pool and the best, nicest, most remodeled apartment that they had. And we show up and come to find out the apartments are just crummy and the pool was nasty and there was no palm trees around and and the apartment complex actually sat right above um, a, a really busy street and so it was really loud. There was also some really interesting and dare I say creepy uh, individuals 
that lived there. I will never forget the first time that I opened my front door and and my front door faced the front door of our neighbor's apartment. I opened my front door and I see my neighbor there in his apartment because he's got his front door wide open. He's got all the windows in his apartment open. His TV's on and it's blaring. And there he is sitting in a lazy boy in his tidy whities Now, this wasn't a one-time occurrence. This happened on a regular basis. And I'm going to admit to you right now, Grace Church, that I did not take the time to learn about why he would sit in his tidy whities in his giant lounge chair and watch TV. I confess that to you. Here's the thing. When we are learning about others, another viewpoint, another perspective, we can't always trust the website. We can't necessarily trust the biased social media feed that we're following. You see, if we are trying to take this humble posture of learning about others with the gospel in mind, we want to make sure that we're not filling our head with poison. If we're doing research on a different culture or on, a, on an opposing view from us, we want to make sure that we're reading reputable websites. We want to make sure that we're looking to faith leaders who, who have experience within the field that we are researching. We want to talk to people who have more than just an opinion about a topic, but they've actually got knowledge. But most importantly, when we are learning about another culture, another perspective that's different than ours. The most important thing, this is key for us as followers of Jesus, is that we want to do our best to believe the best about the other side. And I use quotes because it doesn't matter what the other side is. You want to do your best to believe the best. See, Paul writes this. He says, whatever is pure, whatever is loving, whatever is honorable, think about these things. See, the ability to gain and retain information about someone who is different than you is the first step in really humbly learning about who they are. Now again, information is important, but as we look at the second part of this definition, this continues to add to the information that we get. Learning is the ability to obtain relevant information from others. You see, learning from others can be much more powerful than just generating information. See, we see this, we see Paul do this in Acts chapter 17. He's in the city of Athens and he's walking around. He's waiting for a couple of the disciples to show up and he takes a couple of days and he walks around and he's looking at the architecture and he's looking at the statues and reading the engravings. Then he goes to the marketplace and he's talking with people. When he ends up starting to preach the gospel there, he's using some of their own poetry that he read about to make the connection of who Jesus is and the God that they felt like they didn't know. You see, when we choose to learn from someone else, it shows humility. It shows vulnerability. It makes the statement of, I need help. I don't have all of the information that I need. Can you help me? And when we're learning from somebody else, what we're doing is we're giving them permission to tell us about their experiences, what they have gone through, what they have seen, what they feel, what they know to be true in their own life. You see, and it gives us a better uh, insight. It gives us better insight into how to love like Jesus and how to better support, how to better come alongside somebody who's different than us. You see, everyone has a story that shapes their worldview. And as believers, as followers of Jesus, we must be willing to listen to the other side. The last part of this definition is this, the ability to obtain relevant information with others. 
You see, you can learn from others, but you can also learn with others. Now, here's why this is so important. It's so important because it breaks down the walls of self-righteousness. It changes the conversation from, from, from we and them to us. That's what this does. See, instead of reaching across the aisle and, and maybe puffing our chests up about that and say, yeah, I'm reaching across the aisle, this removes the aisle completely. After my wife and I had lived here in San Diego for a couple of years, we had built a really good community of people. And, and some of those friends, they invited us to this church in North Park called Grace Church San Diego. And we remember coming in the doors and meeting some people. And we, we met Pastor Scott Laughlin and some others. And we continued to hear the importance of what it meant to join a connect group. So my wife and I decided we were going to do this. We were going to join a connect group. And I'll never forget walking into a stranger's house that I'd never been to before thinking to myself, I don't know any of these people. This is going to be awkward. This is going to be uncomfortable. And we sat down and as we all started to talk, we realized nobody in that room knew each other. We weren't in it alone. We weren't the oddballs out. Every single couple that was in this connect group felt the same way that we did. And we, end up, we ended up becoming great friends with some of those people. We ended up studying the word together, pursuing Jesus together. And some of those friends, they're still our friends to this day. And they helped us. Some of those friends that helped us move out of that crummy apartment into a less crummy apartment. But this is why we encourage you to join a connect group on a regular basis. We want you to do life with others. We want to see you on mission with others. We want to see you pursuing Jesus and learning with others. We want to see you going through the ups in life and even the downs in life with others. As followers of Jesus, we have to be willing to be in this together. No matter what the issue is, political, racial, cultural, no matter what the issue is, we have to be willing to be in this together. Now, I'm not saying blind agreement. That's not what I am saying in any way, shape, or form. It's not blind agreement. It is a humble willingness to share experiences with those who have different views than you do for the sake of the gospel. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not blind agreement. It's a humble willingness to share experiences with those who have different views than you do for the sake of the gospel. It's okay to disagree you wouldn't know that looking on Facebook, but it's okay for us to disagree and still be in a situation together. Grace Church, we have to be willing, each and every one of us have to be willing to embrace the common goal of the gospel of Jesus and put aside our preferences. We have to be willing to do this. We have to be willing to be in this together and learn how to overcome and become unified. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. You see, when we are learning about, from, and with others, we are intentionally seeking wisdom. And this takes humility for us to seek this type of wisdom. And here's why, because if we are, if we are looking to learn, we are making the statement to ourselves and to others around us. We're saying one of two things. We're saying, number one, I might not know everything. And number two, what I know may not be accurate. That's why it takes humility for us to be wise. Are you willing to push your own 
opinions and preferences aside for the sake of the gospel. My challenge to you today, Grace Church, is to intentionally commit to taking a posture of humble learning with the goal of spreading the gospel of Jesus and showing his love to those who may be similar to you and those who might be different than you. Paul says this, he says, practice these things that you have seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for for the example that you have given us in Paul of what it means to really be reshaped by you, to allow the the humility that you have given us to teach us, Lord, to, to allow those around us to teach us, Father. God, I pray for those who may be watching right now who haven't experienced you, who haven't called you Lord, who haven't come into a relationship with you. If that's you, if you hear my voice and you say, I, I, I've never accepted Jesus as, as the Lord of my life, just, just say these words with me. Say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I've made mistakes. And I believe, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for me. And I ask that from this day forward, God, you would be the Lord of my life. God, we want to celebrate with with those who said that prayer. And and Lord, for those of us who have been walking with Jesus, whether it's been for a long time or or just a short time, God, I pray that we we would really absorb these things, Lord. That we would put into practice all the things that we are learning through this series. And that we would learn to live out these definitions, Lord of what it means to learn for the sake of your gospel. In your name I pray, amen.